Well, Brother Chris, if you'll come on up, brother. This is Evangelist Chris Justice, and he'll, he'll say more about who he is and where he's from. He's a dear friend of mine, a dear friend of Pastor Lovelace's. Uh, many a times, y'all, uh, whenever I've, I feel like I've, I've reached my last mile and I can't go any further, uh, God sends His Comforter by way of the Holy Ghost, and God sends a companion by the way of Chris Justice. He's he's been in my corner, and whenever I just feel like I can't handle it much more, and I feel like I'm at my end, he he breaks open the bread of life and gives me some scripture and encouragement. And, and there are times where we've relied on each other, and and I feel sad and I feel sorry for for preachers that they're they're so separated they become isolated because they don't have friendship in the ministry. And Chris has been proven nothing less than 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 well, he's just. One of my best friends, and and he's become very close to Pastor Craig, and and I know the message he has on his heart is is one that we need to hear right now. So as Brother Chris comes and breaks open the bread of life, I pray you listen. Brother Chris, come on, brother. I want to thank y'all for being here this morning. Amen. Coming to worship the Lord. I can clearly say that I'm standing here before some non-fair weather Christians. Ones that's willing to get out there in the cool rain on Sunday mornings and go worship the Lord. There ain't no fair weather Christians here this morning and I Amen. thank God for you. The Lord's given me a message here and He's put it on my heart. And he's worked it and worked it. I prayed on it. And I fed on it. And he gave me for this, for a time such as this, he's given me this message to I believe to deliver to you folks here and the folks that are listening live, watching live, and, and who will come to listen to it in the future. Amen. Lord, may, uh, may he bless you this message. So we're going to be over in uh, the book of Colossians, chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verse 24 through 29. That's page 1263 in that old Schofield reference edition. Amen. Appreciate that. 1269, Colossians chapter 1, verse 24 through 29. That's where our text will be this morning. If you found your spot, say amen, please. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you? This is Paul. And fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. Wherefore, I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the Word of God. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to His saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of His glory, of this, what is... 
To whom God, who make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to His working, which worketh in me mightily. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Lord, Lord, I come to You this morning, Lord, with an anxious spirit, Lord, for a message that You have given to me to deliver for a time such as this. Lord, I pray that You will take over everything that I am. Fill me with the Holy Ghost to where there's nothing of me and everything of You. From the bottoms of my feet to the tips of my hair, Lord, I pray that You would just fill me with the Holy Spirit to deliver this message now in this moment. Lord, I pray for the... Oh, Lord, I pray for the Christian, Lord, sitting here listening. Lord, that maybe backslid, Lord, that may be struggling in fear and struggling strife of this world, Lord, I pray that You would lay this message on them. Prepare their hearts, Lord, to receive the message that You have given. Lord, I pray for the, the lost soul, Lord, that may hear this message. Lord, You tell us in Your Word that Your Word will not return yes. void. Lord, I pray for that now. Lord, I cry for that promise, Lord, that You've given us. Lord, I pray for power, for peace. Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit, Lord, to deliver Your Word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let me start off here by saying... The book of Colossians is written for a time in a city of Colossia. That's right. Colossia was a Roman province of Asia, what would be modern Turkey today. That's right. It was nestled 100 miles east of Ephesus. Colossia was at a major trading intersection, mm-hmm. cross streets, if you will. Of the north and south trade routes and the east and west trade routes. There was right in the middle was Colossia. So as you can imagine, this trading, two trading routes, it it brought in a bunch of -of Mm out-of-towners. So it was busy to say the least. The population here in Colossia was mainly Gentiles. But there was a large Jewish settlement there in Colossia. So the the mixed bag here of the Gentiles and the Jewish folk, it led to a mix within the church. A mixed composition within the church of the Jewish legalism that came to be and also pagan mysticism. Oh my. Does that sound familiar? Amen. In this world today, let me just stop right here and say, in this world today, we have a mixed bag among the church, the body. Yeah. 
We have a mixed bag. We're drinking from all different directions. It's good, it's good. Lord, help us that we're not drinking from the living water that we have in our hands. Mm. Let me move on. I'm just an introduction. I don't want to get caught up on that. The church in Colossia was started by one of Apostle Paul's students back from Ephesus. This student's name was Ephorus. Ephorus began after sitting under Paul learning of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Several years into this church, this division, this struggle, this strife, this arguing over what music we'll listen to, it began a deep root in the church. Deep-rooted division. And it led to heresy. Heresy within this church broke out. The type of heresy that led to denying God's humanity in Jesus Christ. Jesus, they believed that Jesus was just one of many emanations from God, but He wasn't God. Yeah, that's right. Friends, that ain't Bible. That's right. That ain't Bible. Amen. But they led, and it began with the struggle and strife among them, and and this is where where it led them. This is how they got away from the Word of God. It started with the small, yeah. and it began, and it, and it ended up being large. Large division. Large heresy. Large out of the will of God. Epirus had a great burden on his heart because he had seen the church in Colossia Go way astray. So he set off on a long journey to Rome to seek the Apostle Paul's correction. The Apostle Paul's direction. (laughs) But he made it to a Roman prison. And he got so much more than that. He got more than what Paul had. He got what the Lord had for the church of Colossae. He went asking and looking for what Paul could give him. Isn't that what we do sometimes? Isn't that what we do? We go and look for man, for what we need from God. Don't filter. Don't filter what you need from God through man. That's good, brother. Don't filter it. So... He got to Paul and he got the letter from Paul that God gave Paul for the church of Colossia. This is one of uh, many what we refer to as the prison epistles Mm -hmm. because Paul was in a prison. Friend, did you hear what I said? Paul was in a prison. And he was still serving the Lord. Obedient to the Lord. How often do we get in our prisons? How often do we get in our storms and our service is affected? 
Our service is affected based on circumstance. Mm. Mm, Lord, help us. I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of that. So the name of this message is titled Contingent on Works. Yes, Contingent on Works. Heavenly rewards are for divine work here on earth. I'll say that one more time. Heavenly rewards is what we receive for divine work here on earth. It's not tied to salvation. That's not what I'm talking about. So calm down, Bible believer. (laughs) I won't dare get up here and preach that you need to do something. You need to work out something before you can be saved. That's good. That ain't Bible. That's right. Paul says, Paul says to work out your salvation. That don't mean work to be saved. That means you become saved and then you do the work. It's simple. So simple. A five-year-old can understand the gospel. Amen. Amen. My first point here, and and I'll move quick. My first point here is faithful sufferings. Paul says here in, in verse 24 back in our text that he is rejoicing in my sufferings. Do you know that suffering here on earth equals Reigning in heaven. That's right. How we suffer here equals how we'll reign in glory. I'll prove it to you in 2 Timothy 2.12. It says, if we suffer, we shall also reign with Him. Amen. That Him being Jesus, friend. So I said it before, I'll say it again because I think it's worth noting again. Are you serving in the suffering? Mm, While Paul was suffering, he was serving the Lord with a rejoiceful spirit. But he was serving out God's will in his life. He was serving out. He was doing the work. But who is he doing it for? He was doing it for the body. Mm -hmm. He was doing it for Christ's body, the church. It says it right there. It says it right there at the end of verse 24. He was doing it for the body. You know who else suffered and was thankful for it? That was Jonah. Mm. Yeah. You remember Jonah when he was in the midst of the storm? He was thrown from the boat into the sea and ultimately ended up in that great fish's belly for three days and three nights. What did Jonah do? He prayed. Yeah. That's all he could do. That's all he can do in that point. He couldn't cut his way out. He couldn't swim his way out. Mm -hmm. He was dark. Dark. But what illuminated where Jonah was? The light that was in him. The light that was in Jonah illuminated illuminated him enough to know that he could call on a father that art in heaven. And that's exactly what he did. 
We're a needy people. We should be calling on Him. Yes, we should be calling on Him. But I said that He gave thanks when He called on Him. Down at the end of His prayer, at the end of His prayer, Jonah, it says, Jonah prayed with a voice of thanksgiving. What was he giving thanks for? It says, I will pay that that I have, I will pay that that I vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Amen. So in other words, what he was saying is, I'm going to pray and I'm going to thank the Lord for being in this belly. And I'm going to thank the Lord for having me here because it was clearly in His will. And if He saves me, it'll be the Lord's salvation. I'll be saved by the Lord. And we know the next verse, he was saved. That big fish spat him out on dry land. Faith during great suffering. That's what we see here from Paul and from Jonah. Faith during great suffering. Child of God, have you been, have you been suffering greatly? Do you have faith during that suffering? That's good. Let me keep moving. So let me give you, I gave you two Bible. Let me give you one. Back in 1945, the Japan Imperial Force surrendered from World War II. We thought all was done, all was well, everything's done. The surrender happened. But what we didn't know back then in 1945 is there were still some Japan Imperial soldiers that were holding out on a small Filipino island in the jungle, in the mountainous jungle, waiting for their next assignment, waiting for their next direction because they had been given already their assignment they're marching orders, if you will. Mm-hmm. Friend, this hymnal right here has a whole bunch of militaristic tone to That's it. That's right. We've been given our marching orders. So, these Japan soldiers were holding out in the midst of the jungle, in the mountainous jungle, living on whatever they could live on, using the gorilla-like skills that they had received from their training. And they were holding their post until other assignment had been given to them. So they held out and held out and held out, thought to be dead. And then they were found holding their post and we're told the war's over. The, the Imperial Japan the Imperial Force has surrendered. Lay down your guns and surrender. The war is over. But they thought, no. They're lying to me. It's a trap. It's a trap for us to surrender. I'm holding my post. Even when they were told 
to walk away, to put it down, that it ain't worth it no more, Mm -hmm. give it up, Mm -hmm. walk away, they said no. Mm -hmm. Because their commander hadn't relieved them or assigned them somewhere else as a different task. They held fast to their assignment. So it wasn't until 27 years later, these guys were in their 80s, 27 years later from the time when they found out that the war was over, that they finally laid down their weapons in 2005, 60 years after the war was over. Well, what gave? I'm glad you asked. They had to go find their commanding officer Uh in his life and take him there for him to relieve them Uh of their duty. And they surrendered willingly. Yeah. Because their commander relieved them. Amen. Are you living for your commander? That's good. That's a good question. In faith, we hold fast during our sufferings. Point two is faithful ministering. Hold on to yourself. Hold on to your seat. I'm not just talking about ministers. I'm not talking about preachers. I'm not talking about evangelists. I'm not talking about counselors. I'm not talking about any of that. Are we done? Yeah, you get that. I'm not talking about any of that. Let me just define what a minister really is. Go ahead, brother. Because I didn't know it until I dug into this. Mm-hmm. A minister is an assistant, an attendant, a server. One who executes the commands of another, Amen. especially a master. That's good, brother. Did you hear that? Executes the commands of another, especially a master. We know from the Bible, one can only serve one master. That's right. And let's, let's talk about those commands. I think we got a list of them. Yes, sir. That's right. Jesus said He came. And I hate to tell you, child of God, but um, tell it, bro. we're still to live under those commandments. Grace does not give us the freedom to live how we see fit. Amen. That's right, brother. We can't go out and live like hell in the world and come back and ask for forgiveness at the altar week after week after week. Can't be done. That's right. That's what the Bible says. But let's go back to this minister. In 1 Peter 4.10 it says, Every man hath received the gift. Even so, minister the same to one, to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. That means to distribute the grace of God as a minister. Mm-hmm. It's been ministered to us. Whether you be... 
a church lady that can serve and glorious ways of cooking. My goodness, my wife can cook. I guarantee you, that's, that's one of her primary gifts is her cooking. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, what gifts has God given you? Because He has. He's given every one of us gifts. Do you even know what the gifts are? If you don't seek God's face on it, I encourage you. So, let me point out that... Uh, can I just say we've met a, a perfect minister? Mm. And I ain't talking about Brother Josh Waters. Amen. That's the truth. Not me. Not even Pastor Lovelace. Nope. I'm talking to Jesus Christ was the perfect minister. Amen. Let me tell you how I know that. Because this Word says that. This yeah. King James Bible yeah. tells me Amen. of a Savior that tells me and shows me yeah. how to live in this filthy, wretched world. In John four, four uh, John four fourteen through fifteen, we all know the verse. We all know the story of the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well, living in sin. But Jesus chose her. Jesus chose her and ministered to her. Yes, he ministered so well. He served the living water so well, and I quote. Give me this water. She wanted it. She didn't even fully understand it. But the water that he spoke of, she wanted it. And what did he do? He gave her Bible. Yeah. He gave her Bible in the way of correction. Because he knew where she was in her life. He knew. But first, first, she came unworthy. She confessed to him and said, I'm just a Samaritan. Why would you ask of me? You're a Jew. Clearly, she goes on to say, you know, a prophet. Why, why, why would you even ask anything of me? That's good. But he did. He ministered to her. He ministered to her. And then he illuminated her sin, as I said. The sin that illuminated, or the illumination that lightened and lit up one of her shortcomings, if you will, sin of the Master's commandments. Mm, That's good. Seven, to be exact. Adultery. So, we're all ministers. We're all called to minister for Christ. That's right. In some way. It may not be preaching. It may not be teaching. I don't know. I I, I, I said that, but teaching? I don't know. I think we can teach. I, I'm going to get ahead of myself. I better, I better stop right there. Alright. So, if you're repetitively ministering to someone, 
that is living in sin, constant sin, repetitive sin, over and over and over, and child of God, you're given a Bible. Give them the truth. Yeah, give them the truth. Give them the whole truth. Don't sidestep it like some of these preachers do nowadays. Let me just stop right here and say, some of these pastors are more worried about stepping on toes and offending somebody than the judgment that they'll stand for one day. Lord, help us. Help us. We should be giving them the truth. We should be giving them the Word. 2 Timothy 3.16 It says, all of the Word is profitable. All of it. Not part of it. Not the good parts. All of it. From Genesis to Revelation. And that includes that, New Te- or that Old Testament. That's right, brother. All of the word is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, yes. and for instruction in righteousness. Amen. Point number three, faithful feeding of his word. We just talked about his word. Faithful feeding of his word. In verse 26, it says. That Paul was Paul, uh, Paul was was giving the fulfilled word of God. So this church could feed on it. Yeah. This church could feed on his word. God's word, not Paul's word, God's word. Feeding on his on his manifested word. Because that's why that that's what Paul says at the end of 25. It's to fulfill the word of God. Uh, just before that, for you, for for the body. Um, you know, we talked about suffering. You can't have true faith in suffering without the word of truth, without reading God's promises, Amen. without reading how He'll deliver us in glory. Amen. He may not deliver you tomorrow. He may not deliver you next week, next month, even next year. He'll deliver you in His timing, not our own. Amen. I'm as guilty of it as I. Lord, Lord's going to show up. Lord's going to show up. And in my mind, I kind of convince myself that, Lord, it's about time. It's about time. Who am I? Shame on me for even developing that in my mind. The Bible says that Lord's in, uh, uh, God's enemy is the carnal mind. Yeah. Yeah. How quick are we to convince ourselves of when and how God should move? That's good. Amen. 
Once again I face Satan this morning And I battled him all the day long But in my weakness God sent reinforcements And at sundown I'll sing victory song the sun's coming up in the morning. Every tear will be gone from my eyes. Amen. And this old world's gonna give way to glory. Yes, and like an eagle, I'll take to the sky. Aren't you glad you're going to be taken to the sky one day? Yes, Aren't you glad you're going to be taken to the clouds one yes. day? To see the face of God? Hallelujah. To see the face of that Savior that died yes. on the cross for yes, you? Man. I am. I'm Woo! happy about it if you can't tell. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. Amen. Let me get back here. I'll say something else. You can't fight your battles without God's battle plan. Oh, yeah. That's good. Them guys from the Japan Force, they had a battle plan that had been given to them, and they stuck to it. They stuck with it. You can't fight your battles without the battle plan. You know, God gave Joshua a battle plan. What kind of plan was that? I'm sure Joshua questioned it. What kind of plan is this, Lord? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What? You want me to arm up my troops, prepare my troops for battle, and for first six days, walk around the outsides of Jericho? One time. Once a day. And seven priests bear seven trumpets. Mm -hmm. What kind of battle plan is this, Lord? But on the seventh day, yes. walk seven times around, yes. and the seven priests shall blow all seven trumpets yes. loudly and proudly, and the people will shout with a great shout, and the walls will fall. What kind of battle plan is that? Let me tell you what kind of battle plan is. That's a battle plan from the Lord. That's right. It don't make no sense to us. It don't have to make no sense to us. Go and do it. Do it. Because it's been given by God. And if you don't know your battle plan, look for it in this King James Bible. It's all right there. That's good, brother. Can't minister without feeding on His Word. Faithful feeding on His Word. You know, we feed on the Word. Why? For the approval of God. He tells us why. 2 Timothy 2.15 Study to show thyself approved unto God. That's why we do it. You want God to work more in your life? Study His Word. Yeah, yeah. That's right. You want to hear from God? Study His Word. That's right. That's how you do it. You want to know how to live in this filthy, wretched world? Yeah, come on. Study it. Amen. Amen. 
Paul says in verse 25 that his God-given work was to fulfill the Word of God for the church. To fulfill the Word of God for the church. How are you going to serve the church when you're not fulfilling the Word of God? Mm. That hit me on that. Mm. Point four, and I'll move quick and keep you guys late to the buffet. Faithful ordained works. Faithful ordained works. Ephesians 2.10. Let me just go there. You you don't have to turn there in your Bible. You can stay in Colossians. I'm going to flip over to Ephesians because I want to read directly from the Word of God. Sometimes, amen, we just need it straight from the Word. Ephesians 2.10. I don't have it marked in my Bible because I wanted to make it look like it was my first time. Alright. Ephesians 2.10. For we are His workmanship, yes. created in Christ Jesus right. unto good works. Good works, right. which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Yes. Whoa, there's a whole lot of meat right there, Christian. Amen. There's a whole lot of meat to feed on there. Amen. Ordained works. Works that are ordained by God. When? When did he ordain them? Way back yonder. When? That's right. That's when. It says, it says right there. Which God hath before ordained. Before. Before us. Before we were created. Before He created us. He knew our good works. The question is, where are we going to live in them? Mm. Where are we going to follow them? That's a good question. Were you going to stay in this ditch? Were you going to stay in this ditch? Were you going to stay in your legalism ditch? Or were you going to stay in your mysticism ditch? That's good. Are you going to stay on the King's Highway? Amen. He paved it for stay you. He paved it for you. Yes. Before you even came about. Hallelujah. Before you ever whined your first whine and cried your first cry. Yes. He paved it for you. What a God. Hmm. Ordained works. It means it's prepared. It is fit up in advance. So it says in um, verse 28, back in Colossians, verse 28, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ. Perfect. Mature in Christ. That Schofield tells us that. Perfect in Christ Jesus. Mature. So we should preach. Well, you say, well, Chris, I, I, I ain't no preacher. I don't, I don't like preaching. I don't like preaching. I ain't no preacher. I don't have the gift of gab. I, you know, however you want to dress it up. But preaching ain't just right here. Preaching ain't just right here behind in this pulpit. That's right, brother. Preaching's out there. It's out there. Preach on what God has done. Yeah. Preach on what God has done for your wife, for your husband. Yeah. Preach on what God's done for your five-year-old son. <clears throat> preach on that. Because yeah. I guarantee you, you can preach on something that you love. Yes, amen. You can preach on something that you love. That's good right there, brother. Warn. 
Warn every man of the judgment to come. That's good. There's a judgment coming. Amen. We'll all be judged. We'll all be judged. Teach. Teach how to be confident in the coming judgment. Teach how to be confident in the coming judgment. I'm confident in the coming judgment. Are you? It's good. When I think about the judgment to come, when I think about the revelation of Jesus Christ, our Savior, when I hear that trumpet, ha! You think I'm going to be scared? Absolutely not. Amen. The only thing I'm going to worry about is if I did enough not to get into heaven. If I did enough for my rewards and glory. That's good. That's good right there. Acts 20.20 20, it says, And how I kept nothing back that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you Publicly and from house to house. Are you skipping houses in your life? Are you skipping that cousin? Are you skipping that, that child that makes you uncomfortable? That you feel like that your testimony or your witnessing will fall on deaf ears. Mm. Well, news flash for you. This Bible says His Word won't return void. That's right. That's what it says. So get away from that lying, wicked, hatched out of hell lie that the devil wants you to believe Amen. that you shouldn't witness about how Jesus showed up one day. And on in uh, Acts 20, 21, it says that he testifying to the Jews and the Greeks. That means all of them. All of them. Amen. What are we telling them? To repent, 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 repent unto God. Amen. And have faith unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm hurrying. I, I know it don't seem like it, but I'm hurrying. This is my closing. This is my closing right here. Do you know I told you in the beginning the name of the message is contingent on works. Mm -hmm. Do you know that your works are going to be tried by fire? That's right. That's what it says. I don't mean the lost soul. I don't mean just the lost soul. I mean, child of God, your works are going to be tested by fire. Turn over to 1 Corinthians and I'll read this to you. You don't have to turn there. I'll tell you what. If you will, if you'll turn there. 1 Corinthians 3, 13 and 14. Because I think it's important to see it and read it and know where it's at on page 12, 14 of the Old Scotia. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 13 and 14. It says, Every man's work shall be made manifest 
For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Every man's work shall be tried by fire. For, uh, uh, verse 14, If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Let me break it down for you. Your works here on earth is going through the furnace. Yeah. It's going through the fire. What's coming out on the other end? Is it going to be ruins? If you're living for worldly works, for worldly riches, you're going to have ruins left. It's not rewards you're going to get, not heavenly rewards. It's going to be ruins. And I'll tell you something else. Your motives will be tried. That's right. Your heart will be tried. It says over there that, but Lord, Lord, I did it all for you. What does he say? Turn away from me. I knew not, I knew not you. Why? Depart from me. You workers of iniquity. Mm, I never knew you. So, it'll be tried. Our rewards are contingent on faithful works. That's good. Our rewards are contingent on faithful works. What will be the results of your fiery test? Hmm. Oh me, there'll be some works of mine that'll be ruined. Mine too, brother. But do you know? Do you know what some of those rewards are in glory? And I didn't even plan this. Hey, man. A crown of righteousness, gold. Gold. Jewels. Jewels. I want to ask you guys something. I have to change the, the town because I'm down from South Carolina. But have you ever been riding and seen a Hyundai with three hubcaps? Have you ever been riding through Henrietta and seen a Hyundai with three hubcaps? Looks silly. What do you focus on? What does your attention draw to if, you, if your attention goes to the Hyundai with three hubcaps? The missing hubcap. The missing hubcap. That's right. We've got, we got a lot of missing hubcaps on this. <laughs> this is your reward, but it's not for you. What is it for? It's for Jesus. It's for Jesus right. to throw at His feet at the throne. Because when he comes back, many crowns he shall be wearing. Amen. Do you want to give your Savior, your Savior that died on the cross, that bled for you and bled for me and bled for your son, bled for your five-year-old boy, bled for my mom and papa? 
Do you want to give him a Hyundai with three hubcaps? I don't. I don't. I don't. This is serious. That's ridiculous. That is absolutely absurd to hand my Savior, Lord Jesus Christ, a crown that should be slammed full because he had a battle plan to fulfill that crown. And you didn't follow through with it. You let your mind be affected by the devil. I'm preaching to me here as well. I've been affected by my carnal mind. I've been affected by the wicked lies of the enemy. I've let my afflictions affect my travels on the king's highway. I start to slow down. Over here, get off. Over here, get off. But I'm not dead sinner. It affects you. It affects your rewards in heaven. So I'm going to ask you this. Have you missed opportunities? Have you felt the pushing of the Holy Ghost and you've ignored it? Or you've acknowledged it and you felt it? Oh, yes, but you didn't follow through with it. I have. Hey, man, me too, brother. I have. It weighs on me. It weighs on me bad. It weighs on me bad, day and night. Where a divine appointment that God has set up with somebody yep. or some bodies, and I didn't follow through with it. That's on me. That'll be tried in the fire. That's right. What about that, that cousin? What about that child? What about that friend? What about that co-worker? Yeah, come on now. What about that co-worker that the Lord had orchestrated and ordained your plan to be working alongside that person? Mm -hmm. What about that faithful companion that you see in local groups and local restaurants? What about that waitress at that restaurant that you consistently see over and over what you think that is? Coincidence? No. <laughs> yeah, the devil would like you to think so. Coincidence. They ain't, they ain't no coincidence. Just as Brother Josh said, they ain't nothing ever occurred to God. That's right. He already knows it. He already knows it. So what if, where, where, where have you been? Where have you been? Where have we been? Fulfilling... His call and His will and His way that He has set out for us, the good works, have we been fulfilling those works that He has for us? It's good. I haven't. Not fully, no. Let me talk to that lost soul out there. What you going to do when you stand before a Savior and you ain't even got a crown? Mm-hmm. Oh my. You ain't even got a crown. Oh, help them, Lord. Help them. Let them see. Let them see their iniquities. I'd hate to be standing lost, scared to death, 
when I hear the trumpet sounding, knowing that all that word that had been preached to me, all that truth that had been witnessed to me, and I didn't take heed. It'll be too late then. Too late. Lost soul, it'll be too late then. Lord, help us. Brother David, if you'll come and play, play us a little during imitation. This burden's real. This burden's real for all of us. Not just for me. Not just for the ministers in the church. Not just for the evangelist in the street. Not just for the counselors. This burden should be real for all of us. Because we all will be tried. We all will stand in judgment. You'll either stand in judgment for your sin, lost person, or you'll stand or you'll stand for your works that you didn't fulfill that He made for you. Long before He even put you here. Long before you even step your first step. He had a plan for you. Have you fully lived in the will of God, child of God? Have you fully... Or have you missed opportunity? Have you missed chance? Because there may be a day when you'll see that chance standing on the other side saying you never mentioned Him to me. You never mentioned Him to me. This Jesus, you never mentioned Him to me. You knew me. You saw me. You knew I was in sin. But you never mentioned Him to me. Have you missed chances like that? Come up here and pray. Pray for God to give you the power to stand fast in the battle plan. To help you with the battle plan. To show it to you. To speak to you through His Word. Come up here and pray and ask for God to forgive you for those missed opportunities that He had planned out so perfectly for you. Child of God, this is real business here. This is the Lord's business. There ain't no business like the Lord's business. Let me speak to that lost soul. If you're scared and worried and terrified of a day that you won't get a crown, you won't even be in the crown line. That's right. Guess where you're going? To a devil's hell. That's right. That's what to saying. a devil's hell for eternity. There's a, there's a wicked, wicked lie out there that says that you'll go to hell and die. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. The devil would like you to believe that. You'll be there for eternity in eternal torment. That's what they say is. So lost soul, come up here today. Receive the gift of grace and the assurance, the blessed assurance of what's to come in glory.
I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask every head to bow, every eye to close. Brother David, if he'll keep playing. Lord, thank you for this message, Lord, that you've given us for a time such as this. Lord, I pray that you will move and quicken that lost soul here today. Whoever it may be, Lord, I pray that you would just move them. I pray that that wooing of your spirit will be so unbearable that they won't know any other plan or way to go other than to get up and come to this altar and have someone pray with them. For them to pray out to a God that forgives of sin, of iniquity, transgression, of breaking the law. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Lord, You tell us in Your Word. All of us are sinners. Lord, I pray for that sinner to come. Lord, I pray for that child of God that has missed those opportunities. Lord, that have been affected and afflicted by the, le- the, the, the evil lies of the devil. Lord, I pray that, that they would just come up here now and just, and just repent, Lord, and just pray for future power and future comfort. As You tell us that the Holy Spirit is the Comforter, Lord, I pray that You would just move and as You only can, Lord, in this building. Lord, I pray that You would move. In Jesus' name we pray. Every, every head bow. As we have this time of invitation, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I wonder who's going to be honest with the Lord this morning. I wonder, I wonder who in here needs to be saved. If you need to be saved, you can come down here and I can show you from this Bible how to be saved. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, I just want you to be honest. Nobody looking but me. You say, preacher, preacher, I don't know if I died today, I'd go to heaven. Lord, I just don't know. Can I see your hand this morning? Can I see your hand? Just nobody looking but me. Lord, I just, I just don't know. I, I don't have that assurance that, that if I died today, that, that I would in fact receive a crown. Would you just slip your hands up? I'm just going to pray for you. I won't embarrass you. Amen. Amen. For the child of God, saint of God, I want to ask you this morning, uh, have, you, have you been doing what, what the Lord has called you to do? You see, I wrote this down when he was preaching. Jesus said, if you love me, Keep my commandments. Now, we're not under the law for, for, for the ceremony purposes, but we're under the law of the, of the morality purposes. And if we love Jesus, we're going to want to do what this Word of God says. And you say this morning, preacher, pray for me. There's some things in my life I just, I just need some help with. Will anybody be honest with the Lord? I'll pray. Amen. All over the building. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to ask you now, uh, as, as we have this time of prayer, Lord, if you were to step out in the aisle and come to this altar, I pray for you. You can pray right there where you are. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the man of God that came.